Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Normally, of course, I would come up with some sort of witty, sort of, oh, Steve, but, you know, because of how much I appreciate what you have when it's gone uh, and Andy not being there uh, for the Thursday show, uh, I have to dedicate this to Andreas because, you know, a really, really Missed the guy. So, Steve, step aside on this one and let me just say, oh, Andy. Yo, uh, the lady Friday night, was it the early show or the late show? The early show. Mm-hmm. She could have definitely dealt dealt without old Andy. Wait, wait, wait! wait. The one lady, that one loud table that you were you were battling too. On oh, Friday. that bitch! Oof. She wanted me out. <laughs> I wanted her out. <laughs> uh. Uh, I loved her. I love um, her. Mike Bazemore, and he writes, "Andy, no, a bunch of O's. Episode two eighty three. A&A, from the moment Andy started his gross sex story, we all knew this shit was about to get real. Literally. I was in the car screaming out, no, (laughs) Andy, no, and shaking my head, damn near crying as the story continued. I was only surprised that a nugget, let me stop right now. The nugget just feels, (laughs) like I'd rather you give me a whole log, nigga, but a nugget. Dude, a log. No, a log would have been. Oof, a, a nugget came out instead of a bird shot. What is a bird shot? That you know, it splattered. Oh, oh, oh! I don't know what's worse: nugget, log, or bird shot. 
Woo! Where does this fall in the doo-doo lexicon? They're, none of these are good. None of them are good. Andy's scream at the end was the finishing, finishing touch. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. It's even better when you replay it. Anyways, question. Is it normal to stick your tongue out when a woman is squirting to catch a drop of the stream asking for a friend? Love the content. Keep bringing the heat. Larry. Oh, this is Larry Smoother. Um, Larry, the gentleman thing to do would be to get a cup <laughs> and catch it all and then drink it. It's a teacup. Yes. A teacup <laughs> for the peacup. Yes. Pinky out. Dude, let me tell you something. Um, you ever had a woman squirt on you? Yeah. Some sexy shit. Especially when you're in it and she squirts. Because all of a sudden, it just feels like wet, hot water. It's, I, I want to look, I want a girl squirt on my face, nigga. I mean, on my whole fucking face. <laughs> Until a girl squirted. I never understood why. Like, if you come. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I can't believe this is the conversations we have on this podcast. I want to meet a bitch that's a girl too. Uh, if you, <laughs> if you come in a girl's face, yes, and they get that, you know that jolt like they got yeah. shot by like Kennedy, yeah, and they that head back yeah. to the right. I was like, you know, it's coming. Why do you have that overreaction? Ah, because you know. But after a girl squirted, now I understand the reaction because it's like. You don't, you know, it's coming, but right. you don't know when it's coming. Right. And so when it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's back into the right. Um, I love that joke Patrice did on elephant in the room when he was like, ladies, you know, if you could come on us and squirt and shoot eggs on our face, you would come here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd be, and you'd be on the phone with your girlfriends. Yeah, girl, I just egged on his face. He in the back crying. How could you tell your friends about us? I tell you, how could you discuss our business? Shut up, you faggot. Oh, that was so fucking great. Um, Justin, the trees. Dennis Rodman Van Dam. <clears throat> A&A, what's up, it's your boy Justin. Just wanted to stop by the neighborhood and say, what the fuck? I was just watching Double Team. With Rodman and Van Dam, did we forget this piece of comedy gold? Aries, this has you written all over it. Anyway, hope you both get a chance to watch it. I'm currently watching it on Pluto TV. Oh yeah, how the fuck is he constantly changing his hair color throughout the movie? Fucking hilarious. Anyways, quickly. Uh, anyways, quickly. Much watch movies. Quick change with Bill Murray, Gina Davis, Randy Quaid. Gotta go. Just it out. You ever seen that movie, Quick Change? Uh-uh. I don't think so. Yeah, I never even heard of it. Um, Yeah, dude, I saw that when I was a kid. And I might muster up the energy to muscle through that again, just to remind myself how bad it was with all the bad basketball puns and choreography in a fight scene, which was so ridiculous. I don't know why they felt the need to feel like that would add to the movie in a good way. Because it, it's hokey. And it's corny. You liked all the motor- motorcycle chase scenes. I don't remember. I don't remember that because I I just remember the bad, hokey basketball puns and choreography. You know, like okay, we get it. You put a basketball player in the movie. You don't get treat it like any other action movie. You devalue it when you do that hokey shit. It reminded me of uh, Kareem in uh, 
A the Bruce Lee movie. Yeah. Like they like it just looks so odd because it looks like a fucking ant versus a what do you call that green bug that you're not allowed to kill, you get in trouble for? Mantis. Oh, prey, prey mantis. mantis. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like an ant versus a prey mantis. Yeah, it's it just looked a little like it stood out. Yeah. That movie was that movie was a little weird. You know what movie? I think his legs were as long as a ladder. You know what movie I would I, I would like you to see? I don't know if you were did you remember a movie called Into the Night? I think it's into the night. Mm. It's with uh, Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer. It's such an odd movie. Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Pfeiffer. No. It's so good. I want to watch it again. and I'd like to talk about it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Brandon 45. Movie reviews idea. Hey, a I've been loving the movie reviews you two have been doing during the last year. I recently saw Lethal Weapon 2 on TV and forgot how much I enjoyed it in the past. I'd love for you guys to rewatch all of the movies in the series and give your thoughts on each of them weekly, like you did with the Rocky movies. Those movies define the man, food, buddy, cop, flick genre for sure. I think the other listeners would enjoy that a lot as well. All the best. Stay safe. BC. Dude, the first one, of course, is classic. The second one to me was the best one because now we developed that Roger and Murtaugh were buddies and not adversaries. Um, And uh, it was overall a tight, tight film. Three is when it started to get hokey. It it felt like a franchise. Is that the one with Pesci? Yeah. Yeah. But Pesci was great in that. Oh, no, he was great. He was fucking phenomenal. He stole the show. Yeah. But it started to feel like the franchise now. Whereas one and two felt like gritty cop buddy shit. This just felt like the shiny lethal weapon product. And four to me was just let's cram all these stars in it. Jet Lee, who was hot at the time, who hadn't really been seen. Uh, and I like the martial arts aspect of that. Um, Chris Rock, who was hot at the time. You had Pesci, Rene Russo. And uh, it just four was just I do. I enjoyed them all. But, but, you know, yeah. Which is the one where uh, they burn his, uh, they burn his arm. They burn his arm. Yeah. What, is that two? Uh, who's the, now I forget. It's names. Names are going to fuck. Burn his arm. Who's getting burned? One of the lead characters? Yeah. His, his security guy. He burns, uh, the, the lead guy burns. Oh, Gary Busey. Yeah, Gary Busey. That was the first one. That's the first one. Yeah. I couldn't remember which one. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, that, yeah. that scene. Yeah, yeah. Gary Busey plays that incredibly, dude. Until and, 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 until he went off the deep end, Gary Busey had been in some movies, he, man. He got in a motorcycle accident. They said he has brain, he has brain damage from the motorcycle accident. He hit his head. So not drugs and alcohol. No, he hit his head in a motorcycle accident um, in New York. He went down and his head hit a curb. He had no helmet on. Oh, damn. So he, that's fucked up. And, and they said it's slight brain damage, but how much, I mean, how much brain damage do you want to have? And you know, it's slight, a little bit. <laughs> I want a lot of brain damage. Give me a little bit. But, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping around, but going back to Pesci, that, that scene, this, that's how they fuck you. Yeah. That is just, yeah, that's why I'm telling you, man. Dude, like if I, if I could actually have written my skit, fuck your shit airlines. Yeah. That would be the perfect, if I could get Pesci to do it. Uh, and that's how they, that it, you, it's, if it's fuck your shit airlines, we're going to fuck your shit up, but don't take it from me. Take it from my spokesman. You know, and the airlines, they fuck that shit. That would be perfect. Yeah, because when he says he went to the drive-thru, 
to try yeah. to. That's how they fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, 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 yeah, He was great in that, man. He, that was that was an original character. Like, right. you know what I mean? You see something where you see somebody got that was like I, I I'm sure there's some something that lights somebody up or they right. see someone on the street. I love when you see someone on the street. No, I don't know if this is this is probably way off the mark here, but uh, one of the things that Larry David does, the, the Seinfeld creator and the you know mm-hmm. Caribbean enthusiast. He has a book and like when he hears a cool name or someone's name, he right. writes names in this book so that when he writes something and they need a name for something, they have these names. I'm telling you, Leroy Furios. Yeah. To have these ready to go. Right. Is just, and, and you know, I don't know if you met some, but that, 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 okay, 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 okay. That, that moment that. in Lethal Weapon 4 between when Chris Rock first meets Pesci and they're in the police station and they're discussing the phone. They fuck you with the phone, kid. You see? And then Chris Rock goes, not like my mother's phone where you had to dial and go, the four, the five. And then they fuck you with the minutes. Did it not feel like the director just went, do y'all stand up? Yeah, yeah. Because it was, of course, it was Riggs and Murtaugh going, oh, here we go. There, do you hear these guys go? And it felt like that was clearly the director, Richard Donner, going, you do anything you want, go. I, I just think uh, it's nice when they get out of the way, but and then, but it's also weird when they just. That's what I mean by the franchise. It takes it away from the the grittiness yeah. of what yeah. Lethal Weapon One and Two was. Yeah, we we would have. I wouldn't mind talking about those though. Yeah, I love the crazy the, the craziness that uh, Mel Gibson had in that first in the very first one. Right, like you believe he did a good job where you believe like this guy might want to kill himself. Right. The second one when he was still like, a do little, you really want to jump? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, Roach, every now and then I'll think about putting a bullet in my mouth. You want to kill yourself? You may go through your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Those, that's man food for real. That's the Swanson with the Stylesbury steak. That, that was good. That was that. I, was, I don't know. I, I, I'm not complaining about movies that they're making today, but I don't feel like some of those original characters. Right. Yeah. But we have a lot of cartoon characters. We've got a lot of comic book characters now. Frank C. Graham the Fourth, White People's Africa. SNS, what's going on, my brothers? Haven't sent an email to you guys in a while, but wanted to talk to you about how shitty Utah is and that you were right, Harry's. <laughs> I'm here for the first time in Salt Lake City for a music festival. And damn, man, white people puts in caps everywhere. The few sprinkles of black people I saw, I wanted to run up to them, give them a hug, and ask them where all where all the other black people were hiding at. Not to mention, it's strict as hell here when it comes to weed and alcohol. I had no idea. Utah is a big fuck no. I'm good. Ha ha. Thank you for the great content. Frank C. Graham the Fourth. Uh, yeah, man, I'm telling you. But and and I, and I remember when me and Andy went out there. I said it. Utah for me would be a great f- fifth place to live because there is a peacefulness to it, uh, especially once you get up in them mountains where there's some snow where they do the, the film festivals every year. And, you know, you got snow resorts, you got the restaurants, you got the, it's up in the mountains. There is a a, a, a sexy tranquility to me, to Utah, 
as a fifth residence. You want to go, you want to just chill, you want to be in the snow, you know, get your girl, do the thing in the spa and the, 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 the springs in the, in the spa with the snow. Yeah, with a white woman. I, w- I would only fuck with <laughs> white women in Utah. I would never bring a sister to the mountains. I, I, I'm, the snow's white, Utah's white. Every That's my white weekend. Um, first of all, uh, Salt Lake is different than the mountain areas that you're talking about. The areas mm-hmm. that he's talking about, de- it's definitely different. Uh, right. The laws and everything. But I think if you're going to snow, you definitely, sh- you know, snow can be dangerous. And I think, like, if I was black, I'd feel safer in the snow because mm-hmm. if there's an avalanche or snow or if I wipe out or oh, you can be seen, seen. You yes. find, find. What's you. that? Uh, bird shot in the snow. <laughs> Was that a nugget in the snow? Is that that's a tall nigga? What's that log in the snow? We look like shit in the snow. Or you could look like chocolate chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um and listen, in my I always said this, there is a part of me that is white. Only meaning I like I want to do white shit. Like I want to go skiing. I want to try it. Snowboarding. I jumped out of a plane. I've gone scuba diving. I want to snowboard or ski. I want to put on the suit. I want to make the noise when I walk. I want to do white shit sometimes, man. Sue somebody. I'll try that. (laughs) Uh, And incidentally, I'm glad you brought, I wish I, fuck, I forgot to say it when we were talking about the malice in the palace, when the motherfucker said, uh, Jermaine O'Neal sucker punched him. Like, nigga, sucker punch. I know what sucker punch is, nigga. I've been sucker punched. That wasn't no goddamn sucker punch. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think when I'm at my most stressed, if I could live or have a place in Utah, that I would call it White Woman Wednesdays, where I just go to Utah with a white woman on a Wednesday. So Wow Wednesday. Wows. <gasps> wows. Wows? Yeah, what? Was it? White Woman Wednesdays. WWW. Oh, yeah, White Woman. So it's not wild. Sorry, it was. I'm thinking about Whip 'em Out Wednesday. That was a, Whip 'em Out Wednesday. Yeah, that was the thing that they had on uh, one of the radio stations. Had Whip 'em Out Wednesday. Right. Wonderful. Yeah, it'd be a bunch of double W's. Yeah, a wonderful wild type time with a bunch of white women Wednesdays. There you go. Yeah, man. I'm not black that weekend. Everything I do will be white. Everything. What are you going to drink? Um, what do y'all drink? Uh, a lot of beer. A lot of beer. Uh, uh, but but now artisanal beers. The 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 you know the 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 small batch brewed beers. Small batch brewed beers. Yeah, you know. I need a lot of cheese. Yeah, some cheese. Cheese. Uh, everything has mayonnaise on it. You know, I have mayonnaise on everything. I'll put mayonnaise on everything. I, I do. White people really like mayonnaise. I think y'all do, man. Because I, I don't know niggas that fuck with Miracle Whip. But and, you like and, ranch, and it's made with mayonnaise. Nah, but that's different, though. I don't even eat. I don't. I don't. Mayonnaise is is has a very bland. Ah, what is this flavor that y'all like? I see. I don't like mayonnaise. It looks like, and it looks the texture looks like if you pop a zit, 
and that white stuff that would right. come out, that's what mayonnaise looks like to me. Okay. There, I just made a lot of people stop eating mayonnaise. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Um, Jose Gardia, Quiet Storm. Um, yo, what's good, Aries? It's been a minute since I wrote in, but I thought today I had something for you. I stumbled upon this short documentary on Ron Artest. I really thought it was interesting, and I thought you would enjoy it too. I definitely will check this Obama thing out as well. I'm sure everything about the man's life is interesting. You guys stay safe and let me know what you think about that quiet storm, the Ron Artest story. You heard about this? No, but I I check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out too. What do you think, Ron Artest with the mustache or without the mustache? Which is the Ron Artest? Which one do you want on your team? Mustache or no mustache? I think that nigga's crazy either way. But mustache more menacing. I do like how they danced around. We didn't say this in the right. in the episode, but I like how they danced around the part that he's a little crazy. That, well, like, he, oh, you got a therapist. He, he yeah, that travels what, with him. That's what they said. You know, well, we knew that, you know, he was, right. but they didn't say like, we didn't know he was crazy. They didn't say like, we didn't know he was crazy. They just said like, you know, I, I, this is, and this is where you tip your hat to Reggie Miller and guys like Michael Jordan, who I think from that era, you know, once the Jordan era was over, it became more the hip hop era. Thus, the wardrobe, the, the, the what do you call it? The, the, you know, when they make you dress nice. Oh, the uh, dress code. Yeah, dress code. Um, they came from an era of class. You know, guys just were a little bit classy. And it spoke volumes to me because, look, when you put the wrong ignorant motherfuckers together, shit happens. Steven Jackson was a street nigga. Ron Artest was a crazy street nigga. Reggie Miller was the class. And I think if Reggie had been in uniform that night, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right, because he wasn't in uniform. Yeah. So, um, E.C. Ali. Idea feedback. Uh, for that podcast. idea For that podcast, live idea. Anyone, any, imagine you and Andy live on a gram. Facebook or YouTube or simul, simulcast. How do you say that? Simulcast. Simulcast. Is you silent? Simulcast. Simulcast, I guess. I don't know. Mm. I, don't, I make them on On all three. Um, yeah, this, this, this is just, he's giving us ideas. I don't know if this is supposed to be read on the podcast. But thank you, dog. We'll read it and check it out and uh, see what it do. Um... Matthew Riggins, please tell me y'all going to do an episode about the Malice in the Palace on Netflix, the infamous Pacer, Pistons, Fans, Brawl. We'd love to hear y'all talk about it. Well, you just heard it. No, they didn't because they heard Obama this week and then they're hearing this one. That's right, nigga. So you're going to hear it next week. You're going to hear it next week. Tune in, y'all, next week. And you'll hear we, it. we gave you some some tests. That's a little, little taste of it Yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, I got I got one that I want to tell you about though. Just um, on email? Yeah, but it's not email. I just got this uh this thing. Uh anyway, it's from one of our more crazy listeners that thinks that he's the only one that tells us anything. Oh, right. You were telling me about that. And I just want to let I just want to let this mental cat know. Um I like that mental cat. Yeah, we uh we we made a mistake on the uh on uh what is that Jim Carrey movie, the Ace Ventura Pet Detective. The two the, the second one came out the following year. And we thought it was like a few years later. Right. So we, we we fucked that up, and I just want to let 
um, this mental cat know that uh, you weren't the only one who let us know. Uh, I know that you think you're the only one who talks to us, and I know that you think that we have a relationship. We don't. Uh, but, dude, just come at us like everyone else does that we read their emails. He came at you with vitriol. Yeah, man. I'm just over over that. That's what well, that's what put him in a twist. Motherfuckers take this shit personally. Well, whatever. So, yeah, we got you there. Uh, there, I corrected it. Now the world knows. And uh, <laughs> they still don't know who the fuck you are. So we'll keep going. Travis, um, <clears throat> Andy and his All Lives Matter speech. What up, Andy? Uh, I'm a semi-long-time listener, but long-time lurker of the pod. I'm halfway through this Obama episode, and Andy is giving the speech about America and talking about mutts being the best breed of dog because it's mixed. Dude, if you don't get the hell out of here with these running for office tail between the leg, politically correct rants, shake my head. Sometimes I can almost predict what Andy is about to say before he even opens his mouth, and my eyes already start to scroll, start, start to roll when it's his turn to talk, especially when the stuttering starts because he's scared of not saying the wrong thing and standing on it. Another pet peeve is when he does that pause and breath thing into the mic. I swear every episode he does that at least twice like clockwork when a challenging conversation is about to start. LOL. Anyway, to make a long email less long, Andy, you got to relax on the Kumbaya speeches, man. It sounds really patronizing, and it's a lot of wishful thinking you do that gets you in trouble because you don't address how things are currently and speak to the audience like we're children with all that soft shit. Not saying be edgy, but offer some real talk and not state the obvious sometimes. Peace and love, Travis. Well, Travis, I'll try not to breathe in a way that's not uh, conducive to your ears. I tell you what, don't breathe at all, motherfucker. <laughs> uh Talk without breathing. Do you know why Aries calls me Cap? Dun, 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 dun. I actually believe in the shit that I say. Mm. So, and the reason I breathe and I think and I stutter when I talk is because I am thinking about it because, as I have said on many podcasts, I'm hearing these emails for the first time and I'm thinking through them. <clears throat> so, uh, if you don't get that about me by now, you just don't get me, which is fine. Again, I love that, that, uh, clip from Letterman uh, when we decided to go to war with Iraq, the country that didn't bomb us on 9-11 and Bill O'Reilly is on Letterman and he's saying basically how Letterman saying how we rushed into some something we shouldn't have rushed into and uh, he understands that, you know, 9-11 just happened and the nerves were raw. And, and you know, we knew something had to be done, but we just didn't think it through. And then Bill O'Reilly challenges him by saying something to the extent of, well, don't you think that based on this and this, that that should have been done? Uh, he goes, well, I'm not sure that's an easy choice for me. And then Bill O'Reilly goes, well, it should be easy for you. And Letterman responds, well, no, it's not easy for me because I'm thoughtful. And the audience applauded that and was like, boo to Bill O'Reilly's insensitivity. I'm saying all that to say that, to back up what you just said. Yeah. You, you take your time and you're thinking because you're thoughtful and not just trying to rush into an answer. 
that might not be quite right. Well, and and for me, and when you said, tell us about the way it is, we all know what the way it is. I have never denied what the way that it is. I want to, I'm working for what, and I've said this many times, I'm working on for what we should, our goals should be. I know where we are, but if you don't see the future, if you don't, if you can't imagine, and, and this is very interesting to me, you know. Uh, I just want to say before you continue, I just think it's an unattainable goal. It is. An, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, that, but it's something that we should be continuing to work for because there's the speech when uh, 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 Martin Luther King's speech about I have a dream. He had to visualize what that was. I wish he was here so that I and, and you know, we all wish that he was here, but I wish we could ask what is it? What does it look like? What does it look like when you get there? Because one of the problems is if you can't see it, we'll never get there. And I don't know that we we see it. Well, I, I think in totality, that dream will never be fulfilled. But I think we get pieces of it. Obama becoming president was a major piece in terms of, you know, goals and equality. But that was you, a major piece. If you get enough pieces and you know, what, you, and you know what it's supposed to look like. But I don't we think get that's there? ever going to happen. You know, because we've talked about this before. How do you have conversations? There was a, there was an interesting thing. I saw this video and I, and I, I don't know if I sent it to you and I should have, but it was this, uh, it was this, uh, it was a black Mrs. Miss universe. I think is what it was. And this, uh, this black woman was working at target and this white woman was looking at her and she said, I could feel this lady staring at me. And so I, I said, and, and then she asked me some of the worst questions a white woman could ever ask you. She said, uh, I think the first question was, how old are you? Are? Do you have any kids? Just asked her these personal questions, but just felt very like, like you were asking her and said, are you from America? That was the one that she like said. Like an interrogation. Yeah. Like, but are you from America? Like, just like she, the, the questions to her were very negative because they said, do you have kids? Like, oh, I'm a black woman. And I'm supposed to have kids. How many kids am I supposed <laughs> to have already? Are you from America? Like, oh, I'm not from here because I'm from. And what it turned out is uh, she gave her a card. What she was really trying to find out is if um, she would be a good person. She was someone who found content, helped people compete for Miss Universe right. or for Miss America or for whatever. Uh, and so she asked her those questions without saying who she was. And so it, it came off very, you know, like felt, it felt very racist to her. Right. And then when she felt, when, when you, when it's revealed what she is, she wasn't asking to have anything to do with race. She's asking because this is what you kind of need to be a contestant in this. Right. And then she eventually won. Uh, I, I don't know if it was Miss Universe or Miss America. She eventually won. Anyway, all that being said is when we talk about, like we said, like the conversation, how do you have a conversation where you actually want to have a regular conversation, but this other part is so heavy that you just can't have a conversation. And so, <clears throat> I again... When you say when someone says to me like I, I'm, I'm coming from a, a uh, I'm coming from a, a thoughtful place of something that I would like to see happen, so all I can do is work towards having what I see in my vision happening, and I can only do that because that's what I see. So that's how I work, and I, and I can't help you if you don't like it. But wait, let me do this for you. <sighs> uh. <clears throat> Sam Huey, Malice at the Palace. What up, fellas? I started listening in episode 75 a few years ago, and I realized I had to start from the beginning. Aha! Uh, is this velvet? Uh, got caught up when mowing the lawn, folding laundry, 
driving to work, and always look forward to Wednesday, Thursday. Thanks for the weekly entertainment. Speaking of entertainment, have you had a chance to watch the Netflix documentary Untold Malice at the Palace? I remember the game like it was yesterday, watching it with my boys in the college dorm room, no TiVo or other way to record, so everyone was running door to door telling people to turn on the game and see what was happening. You guys talked about tribalism last week, and I thought this was timely. If you haven't seen it, wait till you hear the interview from the fan that threw the beer cup and the dude that confronted Ron Artest on the court. He was bitching that he got punched. What did you expect? Artest was in primal survival mode after being surrounded by angry fans, and you walk up to him on the court, square up, ball your fist. Of course, dude is going to get into fight mode. Anyway, it got me fired up that these fans thought they were entitled to act that way. Artest messed up. But you can't tell me outside of the mob mentality setting that any fan would try to fight him or dump their beer on those players. Uh, Anyway, sorry for the rant. Also, I saw you guys in Des Moines, Iowa, Uh, the state, not the city, Aries. Loved your show. So fun to watch Aries doing crowd work and go after the bodyguard named Sean that sounded like he pours milk on his thumbtacks for breakfast and his mall shooter looking son. Thank you for doing what you do. Keep it up, guys. Yay, he, yay, he, Sam Huey. I like how yay, he, yay, he has. Yeah, that seemed to have uh, caught some yeah. traction. Uh, dude, that's cool. Uh, it, uh, I, I like how he tied it into the tribalism part. But yeah, yeah, yeah these, these little bitches that, that would throw anything at somebody would never, ever walk up and even say something to those people in the face. Yeah, and you know, listen, uh, they even said it in the documentary. Well, that that King Kong, baby, that that alcohol, that courage juice, you know, when you get around your boys, that's a dangerous combination, friends and alcohol, because even if you don't necessarily want to instigate nothing, when your boys are lit and you're lit, too, it's easy to be led astray, man. I, I just that's the one thing about myself I'm very proud of. I don't do peer pressure, man. Maybe because I don't have but two friends, but that don't ever, I've never felt the need to follow a crowd ever. You never just saw a movie because everybody's seen a movie? No, I don't mean in that way. I mean, like in a bad way. Like, oh, a, like, oh, a, like someone makes you do something, yeah, can do challenge, something, yeah, challenge you, you to do something stupid. Okay. I, I just never, like, why? Why? Well, you, well, I don't think that's peer pressure. I'm saying you jumped out of a plane, so that's kind of... No, that's no, that's, that's just... That's for your own challenge. Yeah, that's just fulfilling an urge. Yeah, I don't know if that I've... I've done some dumb, dumb things for money, but I don't think I'd follow somebody for some dumb shit. Like, I wouldn't get caught up in a moment of, if my dudes was drunk and I know they're being assholes, I'm going to be an asshole too. I would be the guy to go, yo, man, y'all need to chill, man, or I'm out. Yeah. Well, there was fights at the football games this uh, this uh, this weekend. Pro football games, preseason, yeah, not, not not the players, but yeah, the uh, the fans. Yeah, I, and I and again, I never. Un- that's like again that 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 fight in Phoenix during the playoffs when the dude hit him and said, uh, "Sons and four. Well, that guy threw beer on the the dude. That's why he is that what that started. Yeah, that? yeah, that's what started. But what made him throw the beer? It had to be tribalism. Yeah, it is. It is whatever their fight was. Yeah, I just that's so ridiculous to me. Well, uh, this one, the, the the football game, it's the uh, it was the the Rams players fighting the uh, what's the San Diego team now? 
It used to be the San Diego Chargers. Chargers. Chargers fighting the Chargers. They're playing at the same the same stadium. They're going to see right. these people all the time, and now they're uh, they're having like little battles in in, in the. God, I, just, I think that's the corniest shit ever. That that means that much to you. Well, it means enough that you put another man's name on the back of your shirt. I, I can kind of get with that. I can, under, I can understand I got, I got it a little it's, bit. It's like a respect thing. Look, yeah. I, this is my favorite player. I want to put his, but no. Nah. Right. I don't have, I've never had one of those shirts. I'm telling you, dude. I, Why? Well, I, I, I never, only jerseys I ever wore were basketball. And it was one dude. Jordan. You know. Yeah. Football, I never wore a football jersey. I, w- I wanted to like a hockey jersey, but it just looked weird on me. Like, I, I did, you know, jerseys, jerseys are weird to me, man. Football jersey, that's a weird look to me on a, on a regular person, you know? Basketball, at least if you got some guns, some shoulders, I mean, you can kind of look sexy in a basketball jersey if you built for it. But just, you know... I don't know, man. Jerseys just feel weird to me. Dude, I, I just, I don't, I just can't imagine wearing, I, I had a, I had a Diamondbacks um, jersey, like the, the, you know, the, the, the sport I like the least, I wear the baseball jersey because to me it feels with the right jeans. Yeah. Like a shirt. Yeah. But I didn't have anybody's name on the back of it. It was oh, just Diamondbacks. No, I, I here's some nigga shit I did. And I actually kind of stole this from Martin Lawrence. I had two, I had a yellow, mustard yellow, and a blood red baseball jerseys made of leather with the New York sign stitched on it and my name on the back. That was when I was in my 90s sexy. But that's cool because you did it for you. That's like your setup. Yeah. So that's the... And you probably paid, I don't know how much you paid for it, but I mean, when you buy a jersey, it ain't cheap. You're <laughs> okay. buying a jersey. And this then was you, custom made, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nah, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. And, and I think it's cool. I see some people that wear jerseys and they're, you know, do that. The, they have their look, you know, they have the Jordans and the jersey and, right. the, and they look fine. It's just not my. I mean, maybe I would wear it to a game because it's part of the moment. But past that. Well, if you want worked on a movie, <clears throat> no, I don't know. I think I think it's fun. Like if you went to a movie that, uh, you don't dress like the actors in the movie. Why do you dress like the players on the in the game when you go to a game? Like you said, respect, love. I guess there's a in Seinfeld that the the, the guy uh, who does the face painting support the team. Support the yeah, team. dude. Let me tell you. And again, it would take one time for me to yell out to my favorite player if I saw him in person and him to shit on me to make me never do it again. Like, I saw a video where Kawhi Leonard was walking towards the stadium and some fan went, yo, Kawhi, yeah, 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 yeah. Kawhi ignored that nigga like he didn't exist. And it was, I felt, I cringed because it felt mean. Like, Kawhi heard him, didn't even acknowledge him. Yeah, but you know who Kawhi is. Like, that's that's not the guy you're going to run up to, and he's going to go, oh, dude, come on in. Yeah, but damn. The only you, time, you got this nigga's name on your back. Yeah, but the only time I think that I would have ever been, I would have felt weird, is if I was that dude who went to, 
hug Ice Cube, like kind of take right. that picture. And he's like, nah, we don't do that. I don't do that. That would have made me a little right. because, you know, we're taking pictures. We're okay. Everything's cool. Right. Right. I'm going to do it. Nah. Nah. Yeah. If I know you, like I know Shaq and I never bought a Shaq jersey. But if I know you and you know me and we pound it up, I might do it then. Because now I know there's something there. But nah, son. No, I mean, Dude, when, when, when Shaq played for Phoenix, I called him up, said, yo, big guy, can I get tickets to the game? Absolutely. I went to the game. He told me at the end of the game, come back over here. I stood behind the rope. He came out the locker room. We dapped it up. We flicked. We, we talked for a minute. That felt special. Yeah. Yeah, man. Jer- jerseys to me, that's, you should hang those. You should frame them, hang them up on your wall. Yeah. That's really that's yeah. really, that's really. I I I'm just not that guy. Right. I'm not either, really. Um, Rashad Simmons. No, dog. Godfrey ain't seeing you with the impressions. Coincidentally, your random African dude. You have no say in the mata is my favorite. Way funnier than Godfrey's, and he's African. Godfrey doing <laughs> James Brown is funny as fuck though, especially when he says Bobby. Bobby, I've never seen his uh, James Brown, but I could I could believe it. Yeah, I think he has some great impressions. Well, he absolutely has some yeah. great impressions. Uh, told you that motherfucking Steve Harvey, yuck yuck, that shit is hysterical. Um, Frank Williams, you did not read this email, <clears throat> hey bro. On my last email, you did not read this one on air. Trust me, I'll remember. But anyway, your transgender joke was effing hilarious. That was a genius joke. And for those who don't get it, go tell them to ride a bike without the bike seat. <laughs> I know some niggas that would love to do that. And dude, once you perfect your Dennis Robin, oh, all up Oh, my God, dude, watch out, Hollywood. Also, you never answered my question in my last email, but it's all good. You are still one of the greats. And to me, and can't wait to hear or see your next special piece, A and A. What'd you miss? What you didn't answer his question? I'm not sure. Oh. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, How's I your got, Rodman coming? I think it's you know it's there. Yeah. Can you have conversation? Can you can you can you conversate <clears throat> as Rodman now, or are you still? Perfecting the well, I mean, talk to me um, as, as Rodman. Yeah, you talk to me. Uh, so, how many rebounds do you think you're going to go for this today? You know, I, I think I'm going to go out there. I just, I, I'm going to do what I do. You know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to rebound the ball. Michael, everybody knows Michael's going to shoot the ball. Scotty's the main offense. Michael's the main offense. My job is to go out there and just rebound and play defense. If I play defense and I <laughs> rebound, that's all I got to do. Uh, Phil's the coach. I go in there. I kick ass. I take it. I don't give a damn. I don't care. I just, you know, I'm just there to do my job. Afterwards, hang out. Maybe go fuck my daughter. Go to Vegas. <laughs> drink. And uh, get with the team tomorrow for practice. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question that give you a really good one so that you can really, really get. The Rodman? The Rodman. So, uh, how hard was it when Chuck Daly passed for you, Dennis? I, I, it was the first time I ever felt like I lost somebody on the NBA. It was like a father of it. Uh, you know, Chuck, Chuck knew who I was. He knew I, exactly who I was. 
uh, it was like I, I was like a Mustang. He said, you never put a saddle on a Mustang. So he just let me run wild and free. He didn't give a damn. He didn't care. He just let me do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. <laughs> I thought I might get you on that one. Yeah, I think you took it another level. That was, that was good. a challenge. That was I, good. I was trying to channel when he actually cried. Yeah. He's like, I never once saw that. Yeah. That was fun. That was good. God, the snot coming out of that face. <sighs> Someone asked me a long time ago, they said uh, when Dennis Rodman was uh, dating Madonna, because mm-hmm. he brought that up when Madonna, like, he goes, what do you think about that? And I go, I don't really think about it, but uh, I think that room smells. Mm-hmm. You know why he said, <laughs> you know why he said he broke up with her, right? Uh-uh. She wanted kids. She wanted kids? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I guess she got kids not too long after that, right? Yeah. And she got that, the, the dancer guy. Yeah. Dude, I got a picture of Dennis Rodman in my phone. Let me show you this. This nigga, if, uh, pardon me from the sexual shots, uh, if a bug was a person. Yeah, he really did it up on that one, right? didn't he? What the fuck? I, think, I thought he was trying to dress like a woman, but he's not. No, I think I would rather wear a jersey, though, than that, than that, that jersey he's wearing. Jesus, his face, nigga. He looks like a, 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 somebody's old lesbian aunt. Dude, he just did whatever he wanted to do. I don't, I don't know that that's a problem. He just did it all. Yeah. Um, Shanika Morton. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Woman. <clears throat> hey, Aries and Andy. It's Shanika. Some will say Chauncey. Chauncey. Fucking get that. There's clearly an N-E-C-A. How in the fuck do people get that wrong? I don't know. Baby, you know, got some dumb motherfuckers out here. I hope all is well with my favorite duo. Yesterday on the podcast, you spoke up on, you spoke on up, and you spoke on up and coming comics and entertainers. Well, my son Jai is an aspiring actor comedian. In fact, we're packing up to move out to the West Coast this year. In an earlier podcast, you had, when a few episodes, you know, earlier podcast, you had when a few episodes back, but let me say went, uh, $10, a lot of Shanika. Uh, you said to take the chance and just do it without any fear. Gave me extra confidence and confirmation that the right move was being made. I needed that message. We needed that. So from my heart, I thank you. We were talking about how comedy isn't what it used to be and the younger generation may not carry the weight and it's the weight and it's no one to pass the baton to. Uh, my son is actually quite hilarious. He's 21 and his major comedy influences are Paul Mooney, Bernie, Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Charlie, George Lopez, Robin Williams, Chris Rock, and Arnez J. Hmm to name a few and as of recent i was just made aware that he admired some of your work when i asked him did he know who you were he gave me a sort of uh duh look i had to check his knowledge anyway the podcast timing was eerie since literally tuesday the night before he was saying how he wanted to give up comedy because of how sensitive his generation is and he has no problem pushing the envelope and does not want to jeopardize his career 
before he even gets started. Now my son is extremely outspoken and blunt, but humble in the best way. And some can't take his honesty. His friends, teachers, and so forth actually suggested and encouraged he do so along with myself. His response is always, but you asked me, and my mom always taught me to never let anyone bully me into silence. Never compromise myself for anyone, but choose your battles wisely. His friends always come to him for advice, and the old heads are crazy about him and are impressed with his wisdom at a young age. Uh, my grandparents would say he's been there. He's been here before. I was a little shocked and disappointed that he felt that way, all because of how society is and this damn cancer culture is always waiting to pounce. I'm extremely outspoken and make no apologies for it because I'm passionate on what I feel and stand firm in my convictions. I'm a Sagittarius. It's in my nature as well as my upbringing. And growing up as a kid, my grandfather was Fred Sanford, the real James Evans, and my grandmother was Florence from the Jeffersons. So we all had to be quick on our feet with the wordplay and wits. Seriously, moving along, what advice would you give him? I thank you in advance. My apologies if this was too long. Love you guys. Um, I almost feel like I'm the wrong person to take advice from uh, because as much as I know, I, and this is always going to be a constant battle within myself, I shouldn't say everything I want to say. Uh, but holding back is something I don't do well. And look how far that's gotten me. So I don't know if I'm the best person to take advice from. Uh, maybe find a medium because uh, you, ne- you don't want to not be true to who you are. Um, but you got to pick your battles wisely. Treat it like chess, not checkers. You know, be, be Andy. Think it through. Take your time. Take a deep breath. Be thoughtful. Stutter. Stutter. Stutter is always good. Uh, it's actually, I, I think it's more of a stammer than a stutter. But either uh, way, um, you know, we have to, as comedians, we have to reclaim our rooms. That's what I'm realizing right now. We have to reclaim that because if someone wants to come to a comedy show and then cancel the people for what they said in the room, why did they come to a room that's specifically built for what that what happens in there? You don't mm. go to a football game and then write about how it's too violent and no one should ever go to it anymore. And Even though the people have said that. But they have. But it's it, it usually gets ignored because that's the nature right. of the game. Right. Our game is to say interior thoughts, things that you wouldn't normally say to make it funny because we all think dude, there's not one person that I can think of that hasn't thought about like not actually doing it, but in the moment killing somebody like this person made me so yeah. bad. I want to kill him. That doesn't mean you're ever going to kill anybody. It's just, you have an interior thought. So all these thoughts that we project on a stage out to an audience is contained in a room that's built for people that want to hear this. And as long as we're not, advocating to kill someone or to hurt other people. There's nothing wrong with what we're saying. It's the thoughts that we all have. And those rooms are fucking ours. And it's just what I realized the other day. I'm standing in the room. They go, this is our room. They came here for this. And not, and not only that, here's the beauty of what we do. And this is what separates the men from the boys. And this is the true artistry. And what we do is not only being able to say things that we all have thought about, but the more taboo, the more risque, the more dangerous those thoughts, the harder to make funny. But if you can make it funny, there's an artistry in that. There's a beauty in that. 
Like that motherfucker made that funny. Like when you did the dead baby joke. And I told you last night, first time I saw it, really get a great reaction. And there's a beauty in that. Yeah, because like, like, like you know, if you're you, not you, supposed to laugh at that. Exactly. And if you want to do this, the, the regular, you know, my wife and my kids, men and women sure are different, huh? You could do that. And not saying you can't make it your own, not saying you can't make it funny. But I said even uh, this weekend, at one point when I was, I told Andy last night, everything was falling. It's like being a basketball player. You jump shot, you rebound. You, if, if comedy was stats, last night I got a triple-double. Yeah. Everything was flowing. And I, when everything flows, let me explain it this way. One of my favorite movies as a kid. The Last Dragon. Finally, you get to glow. You are the last. You get that zone. <laughs> and dude, I'm telling you, I said to the audience at one point, because I was in the zone so well, I just stopped and I went, isn't comedy fun when it's dangerous? Yeah. Isn't this fun when you can just, for an hour, go on stage and hit every taboo subject Talk about things you're not supposed to talk about. Shit that makes people uncomfortable. And they're roaring. You know how hard it is to do that? And to be fearless enough to not give a fuck in today's climate. There is a respect that that people have for you. Because they know you're doing something that is hard and that technically you shouldn't be doing. And the fact that you made them lose their shit for an hour. To go, yo, you know what a release that is? Laughing. when they, What was it? What's that? La- laughter is the best medicine? Yeah. That's all this is. When you say something that has this, this, these triggers in it, people have to, if you're laughing at something that's horrible, I said something last night that I know isn't funny, but it's funny because of what, where we are. And it's where I just, I, I, I read off like the top five or six uh, news reports and they're all bad. They're all COVID variant. Trump's up to something again. This then, and I was like, and you know, you ask yourself, can it get any worse? And then I saved the next article, and I re- and I mm-hmm. read that one, and I go, and the whole audience just got quiet and went. You could just hear everybody go, "What the fuck is he doing? Why is he?" You know, just taking mm-hmm. it from the start. And I go, so apparently it can get worse. And this laughter from everybody going, "Oh, I get it." It. it I, I get it. He took mm-hmm. us to this place and went, yeah, no, don't, don't worry about going here. Cause it can get worse. It can still get worse. <laughs> right, right. No matter how bad it is, we can, we can make it worse. And, and the relief from them going, Oh, that's what this is. Right. And watching them laugh at that. Dude, I was so proud of it because I, I, I sat back and I, I let them have their moment of what the fuck is he doing? What, why is he telling us this? And then when I just go, so yeah, I guess it can get worse was just this moment where I go, yeah, this is what this room's for. Listen, man, it feels so good when you know it. Like, like I, again, I, this is why I hope in my next life I can be a professional athlete because even though I'm, I've never been and I never will be, I, I've, I, I don't know technically for sure because I've never been, but I'm almost 99.9% that what we feel on stage or what we go through is no different than when they say, yo, Magic Johnson's basketball IQ, he can see the whole court. He can see the play before it happens. That's why he can do 
some of that shit. And when you go, oh, there's an Asian girl sitting in the front. When I do this joke I'm about to do, the crowd's going to lose their shit. They don't know it because they're hearing it for the first time. But I see a play before it happens. And that thing that I added when I said to the guy who's married to the Asian chick, hey, man, you ever be eating pussy and find a white little slip of paper in there with a message on it? And they're already like, oh, because they get it. And then I follow it up with, that's that fortune cookie nookie. And seeing this one lady go, oh, but it's that, I can't believe he said that, but fuck, that's funny. Come on, man. How do you go from that to men and women sure are different, huh? It just, that's the ultimate dick on the table, man. I, I just don't understand the people who don't understand what we do. I don't, and, and, and if you don't understand it, then more than likely, you work against us. Yeah. And, 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 and you have to be the most boring piece of shit human being on the planet. Who, who the fuck does not like a good laugh? It's almost as good as sex. Of course, nothing is better than sex. But that, that release, I know there's got to be some technical medical term for it. That sounds weird. Anononotoxins toxins or whatever the fuck they would call it. But that release of a good guttural head hurting laugh, there's nothing better than that, man. No. No. I'm, I'm, and I'm not fighting with it anymore. I'm just... Like when people write into podcasts and they, whether they've said Aries, when, like the dude who recently wrote in, when, dude, I almost was in my car and I almost died and lost control of the wheel. When you did the email about uh, for for you could let them know, or whether it's the other email I read when somebody said, "Yo, I almost died when Andy started laughing when you did the Kennedy and the silverware in their mouths." Like even that shit that we don't know is going to happen until we read it. And again, whether it's Andy's laugh that then triggers my laugh, th- there's nothing better than that, man. The power of being able to give and receive that. Oh, that's just, come on. Come on. So uh, all that being said, uh, Shanika, um, let, your sh- let your son do what he's going to do and uh, let him try to learn on his own. He'll figure it out. Uh, I'm going to read this last one. Okay. Uh, Lewis Blackshear. What up again, y'all? What up, ANA? I was listening to one of the recent shows about the bonnet issue and some of these women out here, and I had to tell y'all this story. Myself and my daughter's boyfriend were at the grocery store. We seen this black woman. Let me back up for a second. Uh, black brother, uh, since we're going to talk about the black people doing right, let's replace, let's replace seen with saw. We saw this black woman that we seen. Okay. We seen this black woman. And of course she was wearing a bonnet. Okay. I'm thinking, sadly, this is the norm. However, not only was this trick wearing a bonnet and what looked like a nightgown, she was also riding one of those store scooters. Now, fellas, I'm the last person to holler about anyone being in shape. 
But this chick looked like Aunt Jemima and the Michelin man was creeping behind Massa's back. Bitch had more roles than Esther. I felt like, I felt like tell her to at least walk the aisles and put some work towards all that damn food you're, do- you're to demolish. Anyway, Aries, I am totally 100% behind you where you are coming from regarding our people. We have all these desires and wishes for equality and fair treatment. I'm definitely an advocate for all that, but I'm more of an advocate for us holding ourselves accountable to a higher standard. We cannot and should not coddle inappropriate behavior such as this. I thank both of you for putting your thoughts out there because you fellas are definitely funny, but you guys are using your platform for productivity, which is crucial in these times. Love the show as always. Stay up. Lewis Blackshear. Oh, but then he follows it up. P.S. Sorry about the grammatical mistakes. I was typing on my phone and I was in a hurry. Oh, it's okay, brother. I was about to call Larry Smoother. Uh, That's $5 is a lot of money. That's $5 a lot of money. <laughs> All your babies and your dooba dooba babies. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Listen, let me always say I love my people. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I just wish some of us would, you know, do better. Myself included. This, I have to do better. Everybody and their peoples feels the same way about their peoples. I think so sometimes. I, I think we all do, though. You know, but then there, there are some that abandon their people. Yeah. All right. I, I can't. I, I don't have enough. We don't have enough time to do this. Oh, okay. I'm just looking for the music, nigga. No, yeah, but I was going to say, I mean, it's, we're going to say something poignant? No, it's not even that important. But I, I do think we all, no matter what, when when we see one that looks like us, we all cringe at what is going on. Right. None of, none of us are. None of us have award winning. Uh, where it's all all award winners in our uh, background. That's true. Um. Okay. Where the fuck is this? I just had it. Oh, before you do that, why not tell everybody where we're going to be? Uh, we're going to be in Chicago while you're listening to this. And uh, after that, we're going to be in Pleasanton, California, which is just kind of somewhere between uh, uh, San Francisco, San Jose, and Oakland, somewhere in there. And uh, so we'll be there that weekend, the 26th to the 29th. Uh, September, Raleigh Improv. We're going to be there the 2nd through the 5th. And then we'll be at the Hartford Funny Bone the 10th to the 12th. Uh, I got two more. If you want them, we're going to be at Brea Improv, which we're excited to go back to California because it's been a while. Yeah, and uh, I think we're going to, I told you, Devon hit me back up, who we had on the podcast with Ellen, Eleanor. Yeah. Uh, so we may have Devon uh, on one episode or, you know, and I'm still dying to get this beautiful black sister, Erica Lachey, on, who's uh, in the same vein of our girl, Kyla. Uh, super intelligent, super fucking intellectual. And uh, I think she'd make for great conversation piece. Well, we'll be at Brea the 17th through the 19th when we're doing that. And then we're at back. We're going to be in India, Indianapolis. Hell, I feel like we was just there. Not to, Right when uh, COVID finally opened up, that was one of our first ones. So it's like over six months ago. Wow. Uh, that's uh, the 23rd to the 26th. Do they have a steakhouse there that I really want us to go to? In Indianapolis? Uh, in Indianapolis that, uh, that's the helium in Indianapolis, by the way, just to let everybody know. Yes, uh, that's frequented by Peyton Manning, one of his favorite spots. Yeah. 
God, I want to go to the steakhouse, man. Does he? Do you think he pays for anything? No. No. Do you think any of those guys? Do you think Jordan pays for anything? Michael Jordan? Yeah. Probably most times not, but you know, he probably likes to flash a little bit. I guess it also depends on how much, you're, how like how many people you're with. Right. I don't think I bet Jordan never pays for like lunch. Like if it's just him and maybe like one other person, I don't think he would probably ever pay for lunch. You think the other person pays? No, no. I think that the the place. Oh, the at. place comps him. Yeah, I can't imagine that you're charging Michael Jordan. Yeah. Shaq, same. Barkley. Nah, and some of them niggas. Is, yes. Unless you know, first time probably not. But if they go multiple, fuck that in business. Well, don't give a fuck. You you think uh, Tom Tom Brady's paying for anything? Nah, but that's the ultimate white man. <laughs> Dates the model, America's favorite sport, top tier position, multiple winner, good looking, tall. That is epitome of white heroism. I guess if, if Jordan's taking you to the park to go play a little two on two, you must be, you must be on a different level. What you mean? Like, oh yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, man. What well, look? Jordan ain't taking anybody else to play basketball at the park. Champs hang out with champs, nigga, <laughs> and they multiple championship winners. What's Tom Brady got? Six. Mike's got six. Tom's got like what eight? Right? I don't know. I don't think it's eight. I know it's more than Jordan. Um, coming up, this is, let's see, this is David McKeever. McKeever? Oh, David McKeever. Oh, he's Irish. He's Irish rapper. They really, they got a nigger in chat. She's Irish. She's rapping. Uh, Magically Free, The Process, Album, Sir Bagums. Uh... Enjoy. Sir Bagums? This might be, you know, there was only one other. Were they Irish? House of Pain? Jump around. Yeah. Jump around. Yeah. yeah, they remember how hot they were? For was Jump that? Around. For Jump Around, around. Yeah. yeah. Everlast continued. Everlast. A lot of them white boys only had one hit. That's what makes Eminem so incredible. He consistently stayed white and credible. A lot of them <laughs> white boys. He stayed white? Incredible, yeah. You stay, but I like how you say he, he consistently stayed white. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I even meant to say that like that. But the other dudes seemed like they came out and to get in the door, they were hip-hop for one song. But once they got established, they went rock. Eminem has always been hardcore hip-hop. Yeah. Um. Okay. David McKeever, Magically Free. The Do you remember Third out. Base? Oh, nigga, what? Yeah. Okay. But I heard through the grapevine. Well, I heard when I when I did the Russell Peters podcast with Kane, we brought them up. And they told me, yo, MC Search really can rhyme. Yeah. Like, he's the real deal. I always thought they were jokey. Well. The nigga with the cane, the one white dude yeah. with the cane. What was his job? Dude, I don't know what his job was, but Search was for real. And the thing is, though, that was at a time when that hip-hop wasn't in a direction that it is let me rephrase this rap music didn't go that direction yeah it had it hadn't gone the way that it is now it was a little bit more fun don't forget the uh, digital underground it was it was more of that time but the pioneer white boys were the beastie boys yeah because they they were the, the really the, the 
the Run DMC white boys. They were the, the pioneers. They started it. But, yeah. But they also had musical influences that were just important to them, which was jazz, hip hop. Uh, that's what their that's where their whole thing was at. So they stayed consistent with their whole career too. But they, they also had that rock and roll like, little yeah, feel to yeah, it. Yeah, but it but, seemed like they went more rock and roll. No, nah, but they were always that like that first song that they they hit with with uh, uh, "Gotta Fight we for Your Right to Party." Yeah, that was a rock and roll. That was a yeah. Rock. But the way that flowed, that felt like genuine for the time. Hip hop, but that cadence felt like real rap. But who, yeah, but the produce that's how they were produced was to be that kind of uh rap with the rock, with the, almost like a punk rock edge right. to it. And remember, if you if you watch a lot of what was happening at the beginning of uh of rap music, uh, the clubs were shared with with punk bands because mm-hmm. there was only so many places to go play. And so, the the punk band, a lot of punk bands and hip hop uh music had had some uh starting ground together so mm-hmm. that seemed that was more natural actually at that time okay i'm trying to think off the cuff beastie boys third base uh house of pain was was kid rock ever considered no nah, right kid rock he, he seemed like he it was an it was, he, he tried to use niggas to get in and quickly bailed i think that's yeah he, that's he was said that, that uh what is what do they call that kind of rock that uh that southern rock rap that's mm. southern but uh you 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 forgot uh, the big one that was in there vanilla ice <laughs> i was just about to say <laughs> i was going to say eminem that's four do we count vanilla ice dude if he didn't get if if he okay what happens if he doesn't tour with uh and get in with the management company of uh what what's his name now i'm going to forget his name the, the was the bat boy at one time for the Giants. Then he became like the biggest rapper ever for a minute. For the Giants? Yeah. MC Hammer? Yeah. Right. He got caught up with Hammer. And that's the Hammer pants and the whole dance. It, 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 he got pushed into a different... He got pushed that direction. I know some who will say, especially if you're from the Bay Area, I think Hammer from a lot of black people in the beginning saw him as a joke. But if you're from Oakland in the Bay Area, they stand by Hammer. Yeah. And I think as Hammer got older and more out of rap, people started to come around a little bit. But to me, especially during that Vanilla Ice time, both of them were seen as they were, but that's what the direction their management and the people around. This is what happens when you don't do who you are. Did you ever hear Paul Mooney's joke about MC Hammer and the Popeye's chicken? No. Because, you know, he did an actual commercial where he uh, he's in his hammer pants. And KFC at that time came out with popcorn chicken. And he would throw the chicken up in the air and spin around with the hammer pan and catch it with his mouth. And Paul Mooney, this nigga MC Hammer dancing for goddamn chicken, knowing goddamn well his grandmother makes chicken better than goddamn KFC. This nigga dancing for chicken. Boy, you niggas will do anything. That nigga is spitting for chicken. Dude, I'm sorry to even do this to you. Do you still have that uh, KFC intro on your on your answer machine? About the- I think I might. Dude, that is like 50 years old. I know. Got to get rid of that shit. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Oh my god! All right. <laughs> I'm calling you out on the podcast on this to get that changed. All right, dance of a goddamn chicken. All right, enjoy, Steve McGeever, y'all. Uh, see y'all next week. Is not limited out of space, love surfing until we waved up. You see them boys glancing while you tanning as the sun vanished in the moonlight. Got the ocean glowing bright, we could do this all night. Welcome to free life. I used to feed fiends drugs. Look at us now, we feed seagulls. Seagull, I try to told you, I try to console you. Let's put this bullshit below us. We focus on things that grow us into coasters and float us. Stay away from oppose us move with speed low just used to catch the bus now you're being chauffeured bad mama see to show enough whenever i need you you show up come on let's take a ride on the free side like a latin magic carpet we can fly venus periopsis we going high psychedelic time capsules in the sky let's take a ride on the free side like a latin magic carpet we can fly venus periopsis we going high Psychedelic time capsules in the sky, huh? Don't wanna rush it like Moscow, but daddy about to pull them cars out. You're rolling or what? My destination is love. Ain't no mountains high enough. No G5 fly enough. How high we above Earth's gravel? We travel, silk apparel, or what have you. It's incomparable. Our love can't be compared to what they spare you. So I share you. Three conversations equivalent to mind stimulation. Got your thoughts racing and heart pacing. Don't this resort look amazing? How the ocean brain the waves.